Technical difficulties be damned. We back. Homer's podcast. Y'all already know what it is. Rob, what's popping, bro? Uh, not much. Uh, excited for July 4th next weekend, right? I have my calendar right. Yeah, July 4th, man. It's, it's, it's my month. My month is coming, man. My month is coming. July baby stand up. I've been eyeing this. Like, uh, so you know how Facebook and like Instagram, like they have those they have those bots that just be watching you the ops you know what i mean so on on facebook i was scrolling like i want to say the other day and i saw this shirt that had like you know born and raised like like pretty much saying like my month date and the year uh, and they were like, yo, born and raised July of 96. And I was just like, oh, and then I realized after I thought how fire of a shirt that was, it was like, how y'all know? Like, what, what, why y'all calling to me? Like, I'm gonna buy this. Like, I will buy that shirt. It's a shirt and a hoodie. Like, I'm gonna buy it. But y'all, y'all, y'all key like watching me. Like, I, I feel like the CIA is gonna come and like jump through my door any, any second. But that being said, I'm happy. One of the greatest months of the year is coming through. We still have NBA playoff basketball. We have MLB basketball, MLB baseball kicking in to high gear. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the the NHL, shout out to the Islanders. They basically put up a valiant effort. Nobody expected them to do what they were doing, going to do this year. NHL is playing into the, to the summer. Everything's coming through, but I want to, talk to you and start off today rob uh about you know yesterday because you know both of our favorite teams were going head to head toe to toe and uh you know over the past several days you know of course like we we faced you guys and you had some 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 uh lovely esteemed guests over our good friends uh you know shout out to scm lauren lauren i believe shannon uh shannon was over there as well Right. Yep. So was well. So was uh, uh, Torres, and so was uh, Blondie. Yes. Oh, shout out to all y'all. Shout out to all yes. y'all. I I, I, yes. I have not formally met. I believe uh, uh, Torres, or if I'm not, uh, or if I have, it, it might have been a fleeting, fleeting visit. That being said, shout out to to all you guys, and and you know, I heard like some some smack talk was being said. I didn't necessarily believe it because given the context, but. Uh, for the viewers out there and for, you know, our, 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 uh, our homies back out at SCM, just clarify what you were talking about with the Yankees, man. Yeah, pretty much as I've said before, um, they were complaining about their team. They were all Yankee fans. Um, by that, I mean uh, Baker and Shannon. And I said, because they were complaining about Aaron Boone. And I said, can you really blame him? Can you really blame Aaron Boone if he didn't put together the team? And then they shot me a dirty look. Uh, like, so it was, it was like the look like, uh, like Mona Lisa Vito gives uh, Vinny and my cousin Vinny when he's yeah. like, what look is that supposed to mean? Right. Yeah. So they shot me that look. Um, and I said, well, I'm like, Brian Cashman designed the team. It's not Aaron Boone's fault that they have nine hitters that all have the same approach to varying degrees of success. And by varying degrees of success, I mean, Aaron Judge has success hitting that way. And most of the rest of the lineup is batting 230. <laughs> so 
I mean, or if you're Brett Gardner, you're batting 190. Yeah. I mean, so, like, and if Aaron Boone is just going to do what the front office is going to tell him to do, I mean, is, it's, is it really his fault? Do we really know if it's his fault? Like, no, they took that as hate. It wasn't like any of my comments where I like to say Aaron Judge is overrated because he's never healthy, though this year he's been healthy, so good for him. Um, that's the second year he's now been healthy since his rookie year, and this is what year five, right? About year so, year four, year, year five, five, right? So that would be hating, uh, which I think I also threw in there last night. But not, okay. not, all right, there not you go. That, there not, you go. Not at, that, not at that point. I threw that in later, uh, but no. Because <laughs> no, no, on the aspect of like. Because we discussed it earlier, you know, th- there's there's much more deeper rooted problems with uh, the Yankees, um, and we see it with a lot of teams that are leaning heavily into analytics. Um, you know, especially like in baseball, we see it in basketball with the Rockets. Like, you know, when they yeah. were going through the Harden era, where it was just kind of like the it's you almost want to blame the personnel, but like. Um, you can see the personnel on another team and it's night and day where their talents will actually shine through. Like, you know, everyone this year was like happy for James Harden to switch over to the Nets. And then they're like, oh, he's an MVP candidate now. Instead of watching him in Houston and saying like, oh, you know, all he does is just do step back threes. And it's like, no, his talent was there. It's just the fact that he was like the coaching staff who was being basically being coached by the personnel up like over them was telling them you need to make these plays. And for like the Yankees, cause like I was thinking more like, especially looking at the crop of talent that we have, not to say that it was, it's the same level of talent, but in regards of the hitting power, we could easily have something offensively reminiscent of 2009. Because we had a whole bunch of power hitters back then. A-Rod was a power hitter. Hideki was a power hitter. The only person who was basically, I get you on base, essentially, was Jeter. He was the hit king. You know what I mean? But the, the difference between that team and this team is just the fact that, well, of course, the talent is nowhere near the level because they were more decorated. But when you look at in terms of play style, it's just like, all right, we know that you specialize in this but we really, really want you to do this because analytically this will make more sense to get numbers on the board when it doesn't necessarily correlate. As you could see, we lost to you guys, uh, you know, back to back days. So there is something to be said about like, Hey, we see what you're good at. Let's just turn it into like a, like, you know, just one thing. Let's just narrow it down to this one particular thing. And now, especially with a guy like Brett Gardner, who I like to think, yeah, he's not a freaking, you know, he, he's not an elite talent by any means, but definitely he could be, he could be, you know, a person on a competing team, you know? So it, it, it's really frustrating to kind of see that. And to your point, I, I, I get it. The judge thing, injuries aside, we, we could talk about the overrated and underrated deal another day. But in regards to like how, you know, just, you know, we've been playing, Although, you know, we're, we're kind like, I could talk as much, much like criticism. We're still six games under, 
it's not too far under it's not and it's not a lost season by any means just yet but in the same regard it's kind of like you should be better you should be better talent wise you should be better um shout out to lauren though like she hit me up she she told on you man she told on you she was like yo yo man he hating on us man he hating i was like yo i I want to I want to be on your side. I want to basically be like, no, fuck this. You know what I mean? It's us against the world. But it's like in the same token, it's like we got to hold some blame too. we got to be accountable. We got to be accountable. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel, uh, you know, watching your team? Uh, I mean, I mean, our lineup's good. What? So what's interesting is, right. So since they cracked down, remember how I told you all, I was like, I was like, their pitching staff sucks. Yeah. 25 wins, book it right there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I've clearly been wrong. And now we kind of know why. One, Evaldi stayed healthy. And two, up until Point Substance cracked down two weeks ago, the pitching staff was rolling. Then they cracked down <laughs> on the foreign substances. And yeah. I mean, other than Pavetta's start, which they blew the game anyway on a wild pitch in Tampa, which was a game we needed because we were, we were, we were half a game back. Luckily we're half a game back again, but we were half a game back playing Tampa for first. And we blew that game one, nothing when Pavetta had a no hitter going into, you know, it like halfway through the seventh, which was, an, you know, annoying. We blew, we blew the, the, we took him out, um, but we blew the no hitter in the eighth. Um, and then lost the game one nothing to Tampa on a wild pitch, Yo. which killed me. I was so annoyed. But yeah, no. um, essentially, my point being, you know, the last two weeks since they've cracked down on this foreign substances, pitching staff hasn't looked the same. And frankly, even Garrett Richards came out and was like, pretty much all but said like, yeah, I was using stuff. Uh, I'm having trouble adjusting midseason like a bunch of us are, which – I, I get it. You're all going to have trouble adjusting midseason. Um, but it's kind of, you know, that kind of explains what, what some of our, our struggles have been. Luckily, we at least have, you know, no offense, we at least have a more balanced lineup in terms of guys who do different things, right? So, like, with your, with your earlier point, right, it's about, like, you need guys – to change their approach. So like, you know how James Harden, right? So use your James Harden example, right? When he was on Houston, he had a skill set where he could do that, where he could just dominate the ball, you know, shoot first, get to the free throw line, but also, you know, pass and hit open guys when he gets like double or triple, right? Um, and now he goes to the Nets and you have two guys who are, you know, are, one is a better finisher than him and Kevin Durant. The other one is, you know, on his same level of finishing, right? But is no is, is nowhere near the passer that he is. And then you've got a bunch of role players. And so in that system, you know, he adjusted rather than just double down on, well, I'm just going to do the same thing like I did in Houston because he adjusted his approach to fit what the team needed. And you've got a bunch of guys where I feel like some of them could adjust their approach but the team is not having them, right? Yeah. So, like, I feel like someone like Glaber Torres, or I don't even know what – I don't know if it's age or what with Brett Gardner, but he's not hitting well. I don't know if it's 
you know, that, that one season where he popped off for like 20 something home runs using the short porch. I don't yeah. know if that, if, if he's changed his approach since then, like, Oh, I can go hit 25 to 30 home runs a year. It like, 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 like late career, Johnny Damon. And yeah. But like, he used to be a guy that would put the ball in play and get on base and, you know, use his speed, you know, put some pressure on, do something. But like, you'd think like guys like that, guys like DJ LeMahieu, you know, put the ball, like contact guys who put the ball in play. But it just seemed like guys like that, they should be able to change their approach like James Harden did to fit the team's needs. If you can do both, like fit what the team needs, right? Yeah. Uh, and I just, I don't see that. Like Aaron Judge should not change his approach. Aaron Judge can have the approach that he does because, well, A, he has the power to. If you're, if you're going to swing for the fences, Right. And you have that power. And so when you make contact, it's actually going to go over the fence more often than not. Like, he'll be fine. He can bat, you know, 270, 280 and hit that many home runs, have that many RBIs, and live with 150 to 200 strikeouts. Like, he's fine. That's not a problem. It's when you get, you know, some of these other guys who then you see, hey, they're batting 230, you know? Yeah, no, it, it's it, it's tough. And like, you know, every now and then, like I would get into a conversation with, uh, you know, good friends of mine at work, um, one of which is a, is a huge Yankee fan and is like, you know, it's frustrating when you get to the point because, you know, they mentioned like it, it maybe it's a boon thing. I would have conversations where it's like, you're not, it's not even the fact that they're wrong at the point, but it's like, there's something more than that. And like, just p putting a personnel in that, you know, you might favor over him because I, I, I've heard like, um, like, for example, I'll have conversations with my friend and he's like, yo, you know, who would be good for our team? CC Sabathia. And I was like, yes and no. I would love it. Personally, I would love it. I would love for, you know, because, you know, another former Yankee, he has a big presence in regards to that. You know, whenever he's on R2C2, he breaks down, he breaks it down to a science similar to how Kobe Bryant did with detail in the NBA. He's he's a baseball savant. In the same regard, again, until that regime kind of shifts its narrative, we're not going to be able to accentuate the strengths and hide the weaknesses of our team. And that that's going to look bad on the coaches, no matter whether we like him or in Boone's case, we don't. So, you know, there's, there is something to that. Um, I want to, I want to get into, I want to get into hoops real quick. Cause. Um, so. Nets is out. Philly is out. Why <laughs> is hurt? And now, like, people are talking about, like, who is who is going to be, like, the next star, the cream that rises to the top. And, like, recently there's been, like, big uh, – there's there's been these big diff – uh, whatchamacallit, uh, overreactions to these new budding stars, in particular Devin Booker, Trey Young. Earlier, I believe this week, late last week, Stephen A. was, you know, heralding Devin Booker as the next Kobe. And then recently – we were talking in our on our chat about how they were basically big enough Trey Young to the point of which they said that he was the biggest star, arguably, in the playoffs now. So to these overreactions, 
of like, you know, before we even get to the games, like these overreactions in regards to like, all right, we're not paying attention to the star. And then now we pay attention to the star. Like we got to overcompensate like to that. What, what do you say? Cause it's, to me, it's annoying, but. Well, so, so there are a lot of things, right? So they're clearly trying to accomplish, you know, us talking about it, which. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to them. We are going to, we're yeah. clearly going to talk about it. Right. Um, I think part of it is, especially with Trey Young, right? Mm. LeBron James is not going to be around forever. If this guy is being this polarizing, then like you're looking already for that next like group of guys, right? Like right now, you, like you think about like who drives the NBA? It's LeBron James. It's Steph Curry. It's Kevin Durant, right? They're all. What Curry's what 32, Durant's 33, yeah, and LeBron James is gonna be 37 in December, right? Do I have my is my uh, I have my math right? Curry, I think Curry's he already, 33, and yeah, no, they're all they're all you're on your so number. they're all I mean, they're not gonna be around forever, right? LeBron James keeps defying father time, but father time is still undefeated, okay? And considering that LeBron James is relying on street clothes, Anthony Davis, I mean. Light if Anthony Davis ain't gonna play, LeBron James ain't really gonna go that far light, by himself. No one can do it by no one can do it by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So, nor should LeBron have to. He's thirty-seven. That's not fair to him. And I'll even say that. Okay, um, Kevin Durant's thirty-three. You just saw what happened. Okay, the maybe not Kyrie because he's had injury problems his entire career, but like, like James Harden got hurt, and it's KD coming off of his first season off of torn Achilles, which looked like it didn't affect him. So bravo to him. Um, but like, he can't do it by himself. No one can do it by themselves. And then Steph Curry, again, you know, when all you have is Draymond Green on defense. Oh, man. And, you know, you just say the bubble game. Players, just say like, the bubble like, game. He didn't have, I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have Clay Thompson this year. Like his, his you know, his, his running mate on offense, you know, he couldn't do it by himself. And they're all, you know, getting to that point where it's like, you know, even though their games, you know, well, LeBron James is just defied whatever. It's like his game, if you were looking at his game 10 years ago, you would think that it wouldn't have held up, but he yeah. put so much care into his body and, you know, has improved his shooting over the last decade and everything else that he's been fine. Well, well, I'll say fine. You know, there's different different things with, you know, find you know better in-game breaks, which is what all the older stars do. It's the smart yeah. thing, you know. You'll take off defense in the regular season because he can still for for certain moments, certain plays, certain points in the game, certain players he'll step it up with his defense and play like he needs to, um, like them all, you know. And then you get games like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, which are not physical. You know what I mean? It's more finesse games. It's more shooting. It's more, you know, those types of games where you'd think like, even though age shouldn't affect them the same way, so they could stay longer, like they're still that old, right? So the NBA is looking for those new stars. I'm sure that you can probably say, while they've loved just having, you know, Durant and Curry and LeBron, you know, some, you know, group of those in every single finals, I'm sure that they have in the back of their minds the last couple of years been like, 
you know, hey, when are when are these young stars going to start to step up? It's why they've been putting so much pressure on Giannis to, hey, why is he not making the finals, right? You've got a guy who last year was MVP and defensive player of the year, doesn't make the finals. That's a pro- like, that's a problem for the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. I so mean, it's, that- it's them. Well, I mean, so that's the point, right? It's them, you know, obviously wanting a reaction out of us. So we're talking about the NBA rather than football or any other sport or baseball, hockey, whatever, you know, Absolutely. European Cup everything right um but it's also like they've been looking for it's why they anointed zion like in the summer league of 2019 right like they're looking for those that that next group of super of superstars that are going to carry the game it's like when jordan stepped away you know they were looking they were looking for people like luckily they had shaq and they had Shaq and Kobe, and then they so got LeBron. So hold that thought, though, because like, I whenever they they talk about like, and I know like a part of it has to do with like the influence of of media basically being enhanced over the past twenty years. But when Jordan left, it almost like and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know like I was younger when when this was happening. You know, I was barely I was barely formative age enough to watch it, but. From my eyes, from my vantage point, it almost seemed as if it was a natural progression after Jordan retired because you saw the new gen before he retired and they were already anointing Kobe. They were already anointing AI. T-Mac came into the fray. The, the weird thing about it is if they were to do the same thing that they're doing right now back then, it would be like Jordan, 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 Jordan up until like, let's say, you know, he retired in 03. And then they see T Mac lead the league in scoring, oh, and then oh, on the next Jordan. Just, just to stop you for a second, okay? Yeah. Let's not include Wizards Jordan. He retired in ninety. Okay, ninety eight, ninety eight, right? So now 98. you've got ninety nine, okay? And so you're looking for that thing, okay? You yeah. get Tim Duncan, but he's boring. <laughs> like not to us, but to the casual, as we call them. Yeah. Okay? Boring. Spurs boring. Okay. And then you, but then you luckily walk into, I mean, like you have them like, you, like you could see right in, in, you know, I mean, I'm also speaking more from a position like you, cause I was also young, right. Where, you know, you're looking at, okay, Jordan's getting up there in age. He's already retired once. I know he's come back, but like, he's not going to do this forever. You know, let's try to push Grant Hill, you know, yeah. Kobe before he's ready. Yeah. Vince Carter. Um, T-Mac will push them as the next whoever and the only one that that rose to the top and part of that is probably because he he did have Shaq and Phil Jackson was Kobe now it took you know a couple of years but it did happen and then you had LeBron come in in 03 and the league was fine right Um, it's tough only because like so like I'll, I'll use I'll use an example let's let's say it wasn't lebron's retirement but like let's say technically him missing the playoffs was like akin to jordan not being in the nba right because it was what, two, uh, 2019 yeah 2019 so let's compare yeah. 99 to 2019 right i i know people were saying like if jordan were here they would have they would have won seven or something like that right that was a topic of conversation yeah but like it was never. I, I don't even know how to how to convey the point, but it's it's more in li- line of just like 
I know that every single round they like people weren't thinking if Jordan were here. Well, if Jordan were here, because we were definitely in 19 Kawhi. I mean, he's running the East because LeBron isn't here. And it almost kind of sets your mind back when you're looking back at the star that is. And then when there's a star that comes before your very eyes, it almost kind of revs up. It's almost at speaking from as a wrestling fan, it happens in professional wrestling, too. Where like, you know, and, and I know there's going to be completely spaced out, but like um, as a professional wrestling fan, one of the biggest stars in the top 20 years is John Cena. He's essentially their LeBron James. When he left, it was almost if like they were trying to force someone else. But in the same token, we were always looking back at what John Cena is doing. When is he coming back? When is he doing, you know, when, when is what, what, what movies is he doing? Is he promoting WWE as opposed to focusing on the stars right now? And meanwhile, the fans are like, oh, well, why are we focusing on the stars over here? But in the meantime, we're still continuing the conversation, which essentially is what we're doing here. But it's only to convey the point of which is like, if you're going to pay attention to the stars of tomorrow, pay attention to the stars of tomorrow. You can't sit there and pay attention to the stars of yesteryear. And then when you finally see them come up, you're just like, Oh my God, they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. They're they're Steph Curry. They're this. They're that. That's why, like, when Dame Lillard was being called overrated, underrated, like two years ago, I was getting annoyed because it's like, and, and from last week, the discussion, right? It's like he was underrated, yes, at a point, but it's, I would say, it's more so underappreciated because after a while, we always looked at Dame and said, "Yo, he's dope," but then this LeBron highlight or this curry highlight or this thing where you're like literally giving him that stature of like, yeah, he's in the same breath as Kyrie and, and, and uh, you know, curry. And like, once he does something good, it's like, all right, he's underrated. All right. Well, really, what is he? He's top three. Has he changed since last year from your stance? No. Since how, so how is he underrated? And that's, right. the, and that falls in line with the whole Trey young thing or Devin Booker is even better where it's like, we knew he was this nice since the bubble. <laughs> like, we knew he was this nice. Like, and and now to call him, like, Kobe, the next Kobe Bryant, um, I get the similarities, but it's almost as if it's like you kind of put the battery in his back where now he has to produce. The, you brought up the Giannis thing. Yeah, he does have to win per se, but, and, and, and this is why I bring it back to the 2000s where it was like the young stars didn't necessarily have to win really to be the next future stars of tomorrow that was recognized because right kobe was the only one to rise to the top t-mac didn't ai ai just had game one of 01 vince carter didn't team uh, like you know all these different guys steve francis marbury that whole 96 class like they didn't and it's like we're we're kind of like they're not going to be paid attention to unless if they win and it is weird. It's a weird convoluted thing to say, like, we're overcompensating for, like, not paying attention to them before, but focusing on the stars of yesterday. It's weird. But I do feel like it's a problem. Um, and I do feel like the stars are, 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 are it's not even there of tomorrow. They're now. Like, these are the one of the, the, these are, like, top 20 guys in the league right now. So it's very, it is, personally for me, it's frustrating to see. No, it's, it's, I mean, 
So, I mean, they're, they're paying attention to them now because, like, they almost have to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like, LeBron isn't in it. Like, yeah, sure. They still try to shoehorn LeBron in every conversation. And frankly, there's a lot of times where he does get shoehorned. Like, he was shoehorned into this just to prove a point, right? Yeah. Like, just to sort of explain context. Um, but, like, yeah, for most people who have watched the game, like, we've all been like, yeah, uh, give Devin Booker, you know, a little bit better roster, maybe an actual point guard, and dude will be popping off because he was already popping off, just not winning, right? And look what happened, right? I mean, Trey Young, they built that team very, very well around him, better than Dallas has with Luka, right? Yeah. And that's the trade. They're always going to be linked because of that trade, right? And, you know, and they also put in an excellent coach in Nate McMillan um, around him. So he's like, Trey Young's balling. Okay, pains me to say because his ball <laughs> led to our very my hey, eyes listen, listen, though probably not. Hey, listen, listen. Look, if they go to the, the final, farther, like, the yo. farther they go, the farther they go, the better in, in hindsight 2020 that our season goes, right? Exactly. But it still <laughs> hurts. Um, but I mean, you know, you have all these, you have all these young guys where they they are exciting like i personally i think it's great because i like seeing like this next generation like it's why i love to hype up rj because i'm excited to see you know where he'll be in you know three four years like how devin booker was like he comes out he was what 13th out of kentucky and was the sixth man on that on that stack kentucky team yeah. And like, I, I even posed this, didn't I, po I, I texted you, I texted a bunch of people. Yeah. I, I texted you where I'm like, if I had asked you in 2015, coming out of that draft, hey, Devin Booker is going to be the best player out of this draft. Would you have believed me? No, no. You would have said cat. You would have said, frankly, some people would have said Jalil Okafor. A lot of people would have probably said D'Angelo Russell, who sadly can't stay healthy. I would have, I would have probably, I would have probably said like either D. I would have either said D'Lo or I would have said I would have probably considered Booker only because I know it sounds like hindsight twenty twenty, but Bigs. But he, I mean, he was just like the sixth man, like shooter though on that team. Yeah, like, you had no idea. I mean, like he is in the, you know, I mean, like it's it's happened before. Whereas like so like know. in twenty thirteen, right? Like if I'm if I got my years right, it's probably 2012 when Dion Waiters came out. Yeah. He was the best player on Syracuse. And yeah. I think that was around the time like Johnny Flynn and them, it, it might've been earlier than that, but like Johnny Flynn was there at a point. And then they had the team with like Brandon Treesh, rest in peace to Fab Mello. Cause like Syracuse was my, Syracuse was my team. Before I went to St. John, Syracuse was my team. Yeah, And when Dion Waiters came out, I think, I think my mind would have been shifted more to Devin Booker because Dion proved me wrong. Cause I was like thinking the same way that popular opinion would have thought of Devin Booker where, where it's like, he's just a six man. What could he be? And he turned out to be the best player on that team and a multi-year NBA vet. So, I, I mean, again, this is hindsight 2020 I'm saying it now. So, you know, and it, it doesn't really matter, but yeah. I do understand your point. But I mean, but he's also, I mean, he's changed his game from his rookie year. Like he shoots yeah. a lot less threes. He operates a lot more in the mid range, which is why. So 
just to transition to the whole point about let's they're comparing him to Kobe. That's not fair to him. Like, I mean, no offense to Devin Booker, like Kobe's coming out of high school. Like Kobe was known. Like Kobe was one of those people where they're anointing him before they should be, right? Devin Booker was slept on by a lot of people. And Kobe Bryant's Kobe Bryant won young. You know what I mean? And was like this phenom. Like he's it hit, what was it, his second year? He's not even starting yet. He starts the all-star game. Yeah. Third year. Right. Yeah. Second year, right? It was like, 98, yeah. So 98, so. yeah. Second year. I mean, and like all like so it's not fair to him to do that. Like Devin Booker's 24, you know, he's he's you know, in his first playoffs, he's killing it finally. Well, I'm showing the casuals how good he is, like finally. You know, the only comparison would be he has a similar game. Right, which is where, which is where, probably some people compare him. Where they're like, "Oh, he's the next Kobe Bryant," because look at his game. But the problem is, the minute you say that, they don't compare just the game. They it they ends up being compared accolades. to everything. It, the accolades, the impact, everything, and that's what's not fair. Right? He does have a similar game. Right? Yeah. He operates a lot in the mid range. He can shoot a three, um, and you know, he'll do other things, right? Like, he's a, he's a guy who can average, like, you know, around, like, 25, 5, and 5, right? It, numbers slightly skewed, but, like, essentially that's what it is, right? He can he can handle the ball. He can create for himself and others. He operates a lot in the mid-range game. You know, he's willing to do, like, things where, like, if his shot's not falling, he'll still, you know, especially, like, now that they're winning, right? Like, he'll he'll he's a, a better defender now. You know, part of that is is just IQ and, you know, being locked in now because they are winning rather than having lapses because the rest of your team just sucks and seems to not care. And so why should you? Which is kind of a bad attitude, but I get it. Um, and, you know, he'll rebound. If, like, he'll do all that stuff just like Kobe. So I get that from, like, an actual game perspective, right? Just like how... Kawhi Leonard was compared that way because he also operated a mid-range game but could do these other things. Yeah. Right? Um, but, no, like, the comparisons, like, because of just the weight of then expectations that get thrown on it are not fair. Like, they might be accurate from a from an actual, like, um, style of play, but it ends up then not being fair because you get people that will then compare it, like, past that. Yeah. You know? And that's and that's and that's the biggest thing, because like comparisons are good. Comparisons are what like we all drive do. this it drives the media. Yeah, it drives the media. But it, it even like in everyday life, like I I do it periodically, like whenever let's say if you were to go to a different profession and you see a boss, you're going to compare it to another boss so you can. Yeah like work out your relationship accordingly because like everyone is different but also like based off of the similarities that you can emanate from different characters potentially you could think like for example like i yeah i've definitely before like i got my boy my, my, my boy my best friend shout out to chris you know saint john's right love him most laid-back dude i you know i i i ever met right I go hang out with you guys, Sacred Heart. Spend one year's one year out over there. Roommate, another homie, another day one. 
Jordan. You know, now he's doing OT back in the day. And I was seeing him and I was like, all right, well, there's a Puerto Rican dude named Chris back at St. John's who's laid back as fucking chill as fuck and just likes to kick back and drink and play Madden 2K, bust my ass in one, kind of bust my ass in another one, but I busted his ass a little more in the 2K side. I was like, yo, you just you just my Connecticut Chris, you know what I mean? But in the same regard, it's just you're using the comparison because you know how to basically move based off of that it's not a, supposed to be a slight um but in the same regard you use the comparisons and it stops there you don't compare it to different accolades like i'm not going to sit there yeah. and because you're this person you have to be the same religion you have to have the same relationship life you have to be the same cre- no it's just how you move is just how you gauge the person and if like if it, let's say if it's the media or even us, like even us fans, like if we can't if we can't bring it enough to ourselves to let it stop with the comparisons, then we might have to lessen the comparison. If you want to sit there and say if you want to sit there and latch on the ac- accomplishments when you're comparing a Devin Booker and a Kobe Bryant, how about you trickle it down to like, let's say, a Brandon Roy, where it's a more realistic comparison, where it's a guy who also averaged 25, five and five who although through his injury struggles was clutched dogging everybody in the league between the late 2000s early 2010s and was you know when healthy along with LaMarcus and Greg Oden and those boys in Portland were one of the best teams in the league that's a little bit of a more reasonable comparison but in the same regard if you're one up latch on accomplishments to that how about you just do that you know because we might not be emotionally ready to uh just let it die there because we did it with Trey Young. We hated Trey Young for a year because he really wasn't Steph Curry. And now we're looking at him be Trey Young. Well that's so I mean Trey Young was just the one I was thinking of, right? Yeah. And I hate I honestly I hated those comparisons to Steph Curry because as you're seeing now, he doesn't play Steph Curry's game no. at all. Frankly his game is more like uh, in all honesty, it's like it's like a combo between, like, Dame and maybe Nash, except he do- he doesn't actually shoot the three or the long three, even though he likes to take them. He actually doesn't shoot it that well. Yeah. Right. Like, like he's a career like like thirty four percent like shooter from three. Right. He's really not that. You know, it's like Luca. Right. He chucks them and he he can you know like like you think that he makes them more than he does but he doesn't just because he takes so many right yeah. and he'll have games where he'll light it up but you know he's really not much you know at least percentages wise not much more than a you know average slightly below average three-point shooter but his game is so much better when he's actually like he's like just a pick and roll maestro where he can read that so well where you know if you go under and don't double him he'll shoot a three right if you go over it he's going to drive and either if you collapse on him you know he'll pass or hit a floater over you if you don't he'll just hit a floater over you you know if you foul him he's just going to go to the line like he's much more of a like he plays much more like a comp like you know a combo between you know dame's like actual offensive game and steve nash's passing game rather than Curry where he's moving so much off the ball because his, his usage rate 
and his his having to create for his teammates is so high. Yeah, that's why I never you know like what it is? comparison because you know the is? gameplay to me I don't I don't I hate when we compare these people when the gameplay doesn't work right like I would hate when they'd be like well Jordan like LeBron's the next Jordan like he plays like Magic like yeah like don't like you know don't compare him like he does not have a game he does not have a game like Jordan like sure like yes you would like to anoint him as like well he's gonna be the face of the NBA and you know, Jordan's the greatest and we think that he can also be the greatest. So we'll just compare him to the greatest. Like, okay, so you're lazy, fine. But his gameplay is actually just more like, you know, a modern day magic, AKA like, you know, eventually he can shoot from the outside, right? Hmm. Like, uh, you know, that, that it always annoys me when they like, when they just compare it just lazily like that. It's like, like, how about you just compare it, like we've like we've been saying, just compare it based off of the gameplay, and just leave the accolades and all those other expectations out of it. Like if 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 that's what I hate, right? It's use it so that way it's like if you're trying to explain to someone who doesn't really understand, right? Like how they play, it's like this is how they like this is how they play, right? It's like comps and like it's like comps with the draft, right? Where they'll be like. Oh well, this guy's looked at like like D'Angelo Russell. They were like, "Oh, this guy's the next James Harden," and it's like, "Okay, well, like, uh, is he? Like, is he right? Is are you comparing it based off of like, well, if everything breaks, like, this is how his gameplay like should actually transition to, or are you saying, hey, best case scenario, he's going to be you know an MVP and you know perennial All Star and all this other shit, like, and so it gets annoying when you know and." <laughs> You almost know that the media is doing one of two things where either they are putting that on them because of clicks or they know that a bunch of people won't make the distinction and still doing it for clicks. You know, you know, you know who does that? You know, who does that, too? Like and we're going to see that in a couple of months. Well, you know, the draft just passed on, but NFL. NFL NFL does the same thing. Oh, Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Next, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. What? Like John Elway, like uh, uh, I mean, so like like Tyler Murray, like is Tyler, he act, like, what, like Tyler Murray, so Russell, like, how does he play? Yeah, it it makes it makes like they do. Oh, well, this guy's the next like Russell Wilson. Or this guy's the next Matt yeah. Ryan. Like, like okay, it depends on like like what's their gameplay, right? Yeah, like if Matt Jones actually you know has a similar style. Like and and what he's good at is what Matt Ryan's good at. Makes sense if you're just trying to be like, hey, you know what? He's can be a franchise QB, but like, isn't quite cream of the crop. Like, it's what are like, we doing? What are we doing? Like, how about you just let their career fall the way they they do, and just use the comparison to try to, you know, explain quickly like what their play style is. Yeah. You know what I you know what I think? So it's like NFL, NBA, they just both like, all right, so what is he? All right, so he's six one. Uh-huh. He's like he's like one eighty. Six one, one eighty, NBA. Uh oh yeah, he's he's Isaiah Thomas. He's Isaiah Thomas. Oh, he's five yeah, nine. It's... He's five nine. He's a small guard. Uh yeah, he's he's like the next Nate. He's a second round pick. Second round pick. That second round pick turns out to be a MVP candidate in Isaiah Thomas. And, and the or, or an actual MVP, different body type, but Jokic. <laughs> Jokic, oh my God! That, <laughs> I mean, you go on and like, on. Yeah, 
but but yeah, like like you get it, right? You know. In the same in in the same regard, you like have, you have taken you have taken the red pill. Welcome out of the matrix. Like like the, you get it, right? Yeah. And in the same regard, I, I will I will say I will say in comparisons though, because like I'll I'll be remiss and, and today I will say that I stay I stood by the the archetype. This is an example of of of, of a comparison that throws people the fuck off, right? Got so it. when Luka Doncic came out, I think I told you about this. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you, know, you go, you go. All right, you'll probably you'll probably raise raise some eyebrows. So, I was a big like you know Nick fan, lifer, right? But whenever the Knicks suck, you kind of look at other teams. You know, you go through the divorce stage. You're moving. You, you're looking at the divorce phase. You don't sign them. You move out the house. You go sleep at Orlando Magic's house one year, or you go. So in 2008, or this was me. This was me. So, <laughs> no, now we don't. We don't do that. We might watch some of the other stars, but we we don't necessarily hey, root. So, so, so <laughs> we watch our I fantasy. May, I may admit, <laughs> I, I have not been completely faithful in my relationship in my yesteryear. Understood. However, oh, so, wait, wait, so, what you're telling me is okay. <laughs> what you're telling me is. You had a separate family and moved them no, to one. No, 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 no. So what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is, is that the Knicks, this is what happened, right? They told me that everything was going to be okay at the start of the year. And I, I believe them. And then as the year went, they started becoming deceitful. I didn't believe them. And then I was like, you know what? I want a divorce. And I put the paper on the, the, the table. And then I'm leaving. And I say, I'm leaving for a week. And then, like you know, Orlando Magic hits me up and says, "Hey, yo, yo, look, we got, we got a, we got a center with a five-out offense. We got, you know, Jameer Nelson. You like Jameer Nelson, right? JJ Redick. You love them in Duke. You love them in Duke. He's the only Duke guy you like. Yeah, yeah. Rashard Lewis, Vince Carter's coming into our onto our team too. Matt Barnes, all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come to us, come to us real quick. Hold up, hold up. And so, two thousand nine. You know, I was like, let me sleep at their house for a little bit. You know, they're coddling me a little bit. And while I was over there, I saw how they were doing their thing. And they essentially ruined the dream match that was another LeBron-Kobe name drop here. The Kobe-LeBron uh, finals that was supposed to happen in 09. They ruined that. So I'm watching it. And I felt... Watching, I was like, yo, Hito, because I remember watching it back. I was like, yo, Hito Tarkalu was so underrated. Like, big guy, 6'10 dude, shoot, stretch the floor. And he was essentially their playmaker because Jameer Nelson was injured after he was an all-star that year. Um, He was a 50, 40, 90 guy and all that. And so I was like, all right, coming out of the draft, I see, like, Luka Doncic years later, right? And I remember I was talking to my friend. I was talking to my friend Charles and I was like, yo, bro, he kind of not saying that he'll have the same career, but the archetype is a higher volume version of Hito. And he was like, yo, he just want to chip into this. And I was like, I mean, I know, but he's a higher, he's, he's the same archetype, but higher volume, you know, essentially meaning that Hito back then he wasn't allowed to basically be the lead facilitator all the time. And he didn't, have the cardio for it 
it was what it was. It was just kind of how the league was played. And now, since the league is played that way, you kind of have a 6'10", got 6'9", 6'10", guy who is a point guard, a point forward, who was basically doing that. And Hito did nothing but step back threes, shooting on middle of the pack to lower volume percentage. I was like, Luca's a Hito. Mm-hmm. Two years later, they're like, everyone's like, hey, hey, how do you feel about that comparison? How do you feel that back? Like, huh? 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 And I'm just like, I still kind of feel confident in it. To be honest, <laughs> I, I, I'm being real. Like, I kind of feel com- like I'm sorry that they that the accomplishments don't necessarily add up. But I feel like that comparison's more in play because it's an archetype similar to how Kobe and Devin Booker. You can I can I mentioned Devin, Brandon Roy earlier archetypes, right? Yeah, I feel like that comes into play. So for the people who sit there and misconstrue the fact that I'm saying that Hito Turkoglu and Luka Doncic are the same person. That's not what I was saying. It was about the archetype. That's ex- pretty much what we're trying to convey to the audience right here. Floor is yours. Oh, I thought, I thought, well, I thought you were going to go the route where it's like, I don't get why, like, it's lazy, right? How, every, yeah. hey, every big white guy is Dirk or Larry Bird, right? And, they, like, mm-hmm. you have people who are like, oh, Luka, next Larry Bird. Like, they play nothing alike. Makes no sense. Like, oh, he's the next Dirk. Perfect for him to be in Dallas to play with Dirk. Like, they don't play at all alike. No like, one. Luca, Luca's a six, seven point guard who likes to jack threes. I mean, frankly, and he's even said this, like, he's based his game a lot on LeBron. He, ha- he plays a lot more similar to LeBron, especially being that size. You know, he uses it a little more finesse, right? Yeah. where it'll be just fast enough like playing at, like you know angles like that you know a little less on the just i'm a sheer athlete because you get all the talk about hey, did luca come to the bubble fat like <laughs> you get talk like that right mm-hmm. but essentially like yeah style wise like no he does not play like larry bird he does not play like dirk Nowitzki. like he plays like luca and the best way to simplify that is more of the elk of a magic or a LeBron. Like it's a, it's lazy. It's lazy is what it is. And it's them trying to anoint whatever it's, yeah. I can't stand it. it it's, I really can't. And it's, it's not, and it's not fair. You know, like, I mean, look, I care less when it's players. I don't like no. but it's, I can, I can't admit it's very not fair to them. It's yeah. very not fair to put that pressure on them. Like Trey Young's coming out of, coming out of college. And they're just like, oh, short guard, shot a lot in college, Steph Curry. And I'm like, oh, cool too, yeah. All right. I'm like, huh. I'm like, well, first off, I'm like, that that's not fair. This poor guy now is gonna have like two time MVP, unanimous MVP, yeah. like you know, you know, championships, greatest shooter ever comparisons, and it's like, you don't even know, like. You don't even know like what his game is like. Just let him be, like let him take those you know years to then show us a how good he is and b that like he's his own person and c like show us you know these are the players that I'm actually similar to. Like I like that's why it's cool to sometimes see like who they who they say like you know who have you studied like what do you base your game off of because usually it's <laughs> usually it's not actually any of the comps that they get you know it's it's perfect you say that because like you know you look at a guy and 
And I think there's like a deeper rooted issue toward that. So um, that we're kind of glossing over. So there's the thing of what the media is comparing you to, what you compare yourself to. Yeah, like, this I mean, be, yeah. Um, well, I mean, so like you get the Booker thing, right? Because Booker, like one of his mentors, because he sought him out, was Kobe. Yeah. And he learned from, he was learning from Kobe, yeah. right? Like, so you get the, you get that comparison. It's not fair, but at least style, like play-wise, it fits, right? Yeah. But, and like, on the opposite you know, end of the spectrum, what, though, the opposite end of the spectrum, though, is like, if, if they, if they have, let's say if they have the, 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 the comparison, right? And I feel like for, before Nate McMillan came into the picture for training, that's why he's so like, he's so imperative on his growth. Before Nate McMillan came in, I feel like he feeded into that. And I think that's a big thing, especially with young stars. But he had to just jack up threes rather than actually run the offense more like a, you know. Like, like Giannis, more just Giannis like a, a modern like, day, like Nash. Yeah, Giannis, I feel like is a similar thing as well, because he's supposed to be the LeBron of the East now. Right. He was supposed to be the face of the league and the face of the league is supposed to do everything. Yeah. And everyone's just like you hear Shaq, you hear Charles like. Why, why the hell are you shooting all them damn threes? What you need to go in the paint, dunk the ball, and then Shaq is like, You need to dominate like me. I gave you Superman. Why can't you be? And it's like, No, nah, yeah. I gotta be LeBron because that was the guy that you told me to be. Trey Young, I gotta shoot 40 foot shots because that's what you told me to be, you know. Um, as opposed to a guy like you know, a, the lower, and I feel like Luke, the reason why Luka, uh, Jokic, they kind of didn't get that brunt a part a portion of it is is the euro is the euro white euro aspect yeah, people, of it. I mean, well people it's just also, don't pay attention to to these euro prospects yeah but it's also the fact of just being like on that small market team so i could just i could just cook i could just honestly cook and they're like oh wait Jokic, oh he's nice but he's i right. and then before long they finally understand and then you again you get the idiots like nick wright who say that yeah you know, he didn't deserve mvp but yeah, it is what it is, you know. Um, real quick, I I did I did uh want to get quick thoughts um before we head off because you know game game four did end uh you know Lakers up uh, Lakers Clippers uh Suns um mm-hmm. and of course tonight is ATL um ATL uh, Bucks. What you think about last night? You had the Paul George burp murmurs. Kawhi is in the audience in the background. What you thought about last night, man? I mean, in terms of what, Paul George? Uh, just everything, you know, like the Clipper, the Clippers, Suns, uh, you know, how it turned out, you know, the series as a whole. Like, what you thinking? I mean, the, the Suns are really balanced. Like, they have, like, like when – when everyone's there, which everyone is there right now, because CP3 is out of COVID protocol and Devin Booker, even though he's clearly bothered by his broken nose, he's out there. Like, they're well-balanced, right? Um, I would like to give a shout-out to Tyloo, who is clearly one of the best, you know, game-to-game and in-game adjustments out there. Like, he's really proving that. Like, he did not just hitch a ride on, you know, the LeBron Kyrie coattails to, you know, win in 2016. Like, no, 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 no. He he knows what he's doing, right? It's almost like that, 
whether he wins or not, right? It's like that Spolstra ilk. You know, you thought, oh, no, Spolstra just hitched his ride to the Heatles. Like, no, Spolstra can coach, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'd like to give him those props. I mean, the Clippers, like, you could, you know, when you have a roster that's built to, you know, have, like, you know, it's built to have a lot of talent, but really it's built off of, you know, why is our one and Paul George is our two. And everybody else sort of supports that. And and even though they have a lot more talent than a lot of other things, taking a what Kawhi is a big task. Even though there were points, especially in the Jazz series, where playing as the one again, Paul George looked good. But, I mean, it's still... I mean, I know we were, we were talking off air where you're like, well, did he choke? And it's like, well, I mean... Can you, I mean, well, one, can you, can you choke if you're not up? But, um, I mean, you know what I is like it? to, I, I mean, I, I, I like to hate on Paul George, but I'm not yeah. going to do that here because it's like, you know, this wasn't like we, like at this point, he's like around 30, like we know what he is, right? Yeah. So, like, He's like he's he's not the guy. He shouldn't have necessarily the expectations of the guy. Now, should he do better than what he's you know what he did in the playoffs last year? Like, yeah, but like you know to expect him to take you there when you know, frankly, I mean, to me, to me, Devin Booker is a better player, and Devin Booker's younger, and he's a better. Like, one. Yo, like, like he's a know, better one. You know what's funny, and it's funny because like his book has came out and he's been in the news for uh for KD and stuff like that. Shout out to KD, by the way. I ain't gonna lie, that clap back on the person that I'm about to explain was it's pretty good. Paul George is Scotty. He's just this generation Scotty, in my in my opinion, humble opinion, like a guy who is basically a superb two, a superb number two, a superb sidekick who by himself could be a top three MVP candidate, which Scotty was in 94. Take away the accolades. That's essentially what talent wise you get with Paul George. And with that, he's just doing all he can. So, you know, I, I remember like the only reason why I brought up the choke thing is because like, you know, I've, I've seen it in like a lot of my um sports com- combo circles. And, you know, it's just kind of weird to see because it's like I've seen it with Melo in New York when he was doing it legitimately all by himself with Lance Thomas as his other forward. I've seen it happen. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, just, just a quick. The, when the Pacers series, when your second and third best players are Chris Copeland and Amon Shumpert, you yeah. have no chance. Yeah, you know. Um, and like fast forward to even just recently the series. Although you know, uh, all all hate aside on him, you know, KD against the Bucks, he he literally was he did everything. Like he legit did everything, but step a centimeter behind the three point line. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, th- there's a something to the effect of like just doing everything you can do, especially with a team that like is flooded with players who can drop 20, but don't necessarily aren't necessarily used to winning along with that 20. Like Reggie Jackson was dropping 20 in Detroit. It wasn't a winning situation. Marcus Morris was dropping 20 on the Knicks. 
we were five and twenty with Marcus Morris. Oh yeah. Like the all of these players, like they could get you buckets, but it's not in the flow of the offense. And you can do what you could. Like they they attempted so much. They attempted more threes than than I do in two K. Like it was insane last night. And it's not to to the fact that like you know you fault them, but it was just the fact that they they had to give it their all. They they you know they you know to your point. Shout out to Ty Lue. They squeezed all the resources they have. Shout out to you know even the fact that Sergi Baca um, was uh you know Sergi Baca has been missing. Hold on. Um, mom's mom's uh mom's uh talking. Uh, there you go. Yeah, you know, as as a uh, as a thing, but uh, yeah. Um, pretty much. Um, no, I mean, I mean, they they shouldn't even. I mean, let's be honest here, okay? The minute Kawhi went down, they shouldn't be here. Yeah. Right. Like give like. You're facing the number one seed, okay? You're facing Donovan Mitchell, who, you know, is at at worst, you know, at Paul George's level, at best is slightly above. And they're a, another, once again, a more complete team at that point. I know that they were missing Conley, who's their point guard, but, like, you know, take away Conley compared to Kawhi Leonard. Like, the Jazz should win that series. Like, the Clippers shouldn't be in the conference finals, you know, if you're going based off of, well, they didn't have Kawhi for the second half of the Jazz series. But, like, they got there, and they got there because of Paul George. Like, he did a, he was big in that series. So, it's, 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 like I said, I like, you know, to shit on Pandemic P when the opportunity arises, but, like, you know, to me, th this this year, like, there are no quotes about, well, it's not win or bust for us. So, like, so we choked away in the second round against an inferior team. No offense to Denver last year, but an inferior team. Yeah. You know, there there is, there is none of that, right? There is no, that's a bad shot. And then Dane Lillard waves them goodbye, right? Like, there is none of those embarrassments. You know, yeah. he's kept his head down yeah. and he's just, you know, bought, like even these games where he's shooting terribly, like he's out there with like 15 rebounds and like seven, eight assists. Like he's clearly trying like, hey, my shot's off. You know, I'm not going to stop shooting, but I'm also going to make sure that I'm doing these other things because we need me. It's like when I was in Indiana, we need me to be to do that if we want to have a chance, you know, so like I'm never going to necessarily fault the guys who at least are going out swinging it's i'm gonna fault the guys when it's it's james harden and he takes like six shots and goes like wh whatever the hell it was what, what was it what was the game where he goes like two for nine in an yeah. elimination game like yeah. it's those it's those games where i'm gonna be like bro like you better lay down right you know what i mean it's it's those things not not guys who are clearly going out trying who are just out like you know, for lack of a better term, just out outmatched. Yeah. You know, I will I will say like uh you know before we end on the Clippers uh you know of course we're like two things one um and I was trying to explain the point with uh, the whole Serge Ibaka deal I think he's a big miss like a huge miss like yeah. against a guy like against a guy like DeAndre Ayton I for, know yeah for this matchup doing yeah. his best but it's just like 
man, like the strength of of of, of Aiton compared to Zubac. I'm seeing every. I, I've seen three times a game where Zubac is like his back is turned, and either there's a rebound that's happening, there's a dunk that's happening, there's a putback. The game winner, I believe, what was a game four? Like I'm game three. Like that 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 essentially has been the series. Like you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of like toughness in the middle that you know the Clippers just simply don't have. They just have him and just a mixed match of Nick Batum and Marcus Morris. And sometimes if they really want to, you know, pop out the fire extinguisher, they have DeMarcus Cousins, which, you know, has worked at some points, but they haven't really gone to it too much. Well, I mean, that was – I mean, they brought in Ibaka just for that, right? Because last year Jokic abused them because they had no one. Yeah. Right? They would go, like, small with, like, we're going to play Harold at the five, which the Lakers learned that's stupid. They learned that this year. Like I'm sure right. he's not he's not a five. Yeah. Uh, but like that was why they brought in Ibaka was to be like, hey, if we, you know, it's still a set, you know, it's still like small, quote unquote, right? Because like Ibaka's, you know, not necessarily a center, but like he can, he's strong, he's a veteran, like he's smart, he can bang with some of those guys, right? Like he yeah. at least better than what they have. Like, that was why he was brought in, right? Yeah. He can semi-hold his own, but at the other end, like, offensively, he can stretch better. Like, he, 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 he would be he, – like, this would be the type of series where they would need him, yeah. right, with Aiton down there, and they don't have that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. Um, and also, I would say, like, uh, on the Kawhi note, I hope that it's not the case, but in the same token, it like because I saw the fact that, you know, he's uh, unlikely uh, to, to return for, you know, the playoffs at all. Um, they said the game five in particular, but I mean, you know, um, yeah. I hope that it's not another Spurs deal where they're looking at this and they're like, we're giving it our best shot because it's it. Low key, it feels like it's getting to that point because nobody like we've gotten the rumors about his his injury, about it could be potentially the ACL being related. It has not yet been confirmed. It's just been the murmurs uh, around uh, social circles. Um, I would I would hope that, you know, maybe this time around, like uh, like uh, his his circle around him are like a little more vocal in regards to that aspect, because. At, especially at times like this in a thing where Kawhi signed a two-year deal. Um, I know Paul George signed that, you know, uh, massive deal to extend, but it's just kind of like walking in the free agency. Do you really think that they're going to invest in you if you, you know, didn't disclose any injury? Because if you, dis- if you, if you tell them that you're hurt, then it's going to be like, all right, well, you're damaged goods. But if you don't tell them that you're hurt, they're going to offer that distrust to say, maybe this is not the player that we want to, to basically be the face of the franchise. So it, it, it seems like a double whammy that's waiting to happen. I fear that it's not, I, I hope that it's not the case, but I do fear to an extent it's going to be that. Um, as a Nick fan, it does drive some excitement if he comes back remotely healthy, if he is on the, the, the wire of just kind of signing places, but in the same regard, as a basketball fan, objectively, you do see 
uh, remnants of this the Popovich, Tony Parker, uh, you know, hamstring quad deal uh, coming into play. So hopefully that's not a deal. Uh, real quick though, before we go tonight, one one Bucks Hawks. Who are you taking? They're in Atlanta. Game three, yeah. Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta. I have no faith in I have I have no faith in Coach Bud. And yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta after getting smacked in that game too. Yeah. They're now home. They're gonna want to smack back. And Nate McMillan has ingrained in them. Hey, it's the media doesn't want us to win. Okay, at every step, right? The media was pushing the Knicks. Okay, which whatever. Okay. You know, the NBA and the media, they want the Knicks to win. Then it's the 76ers. Well, they want Joel Embiid and they want the Sixers to win. And now it's, well, they, you know, everyone's just expecting Giannis and the Bucks to walk into the finals, especially now that, that the Nets are out of the way, right? Like, they're, you know, I, 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 was, I was talking to uh, Marv at work, yeah. and I put it to him, the Game of Thrones quote, right? For any of you Game of Thrones fans, I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about, right? But so it's the one where, where, where Robert Baratheon, okay, is talking to Cersei, and they're talking about Daenerys, and she's like, "Well, she's, she's, you know, we have five kingdoms. She's, you know, just one, one army. She has one Dothraki horde with her. Like, what is that?" And he goes, "What's the bigger number, five or one?" And she goes, five. And he goes, five. He holds up his fingers one and then he holds a fist and he goes one army with a single purpose right the hawks right now are that one team with a single purpose of it's us against everybody and they're focused everyone's sleeping on us they're playing with house money at every single step because all the media for whatever reasons we have our own reasons for why we think the media did it right right or wrong doesn't matter right a lot of the media picked the knicks okay so they're playing with house money right if they move on Okay, like no one but their fans were expecting them to move on. Okay, round two, no one is expecting them to beat the 76ers. 76ers were the number one seed, right? So they're once again playing with house money. There's no pressure on them. Okay, now it's the Bucks and Giannis, okay, who have been expected about it for this is now year three. They've been expected you're supposed to be in the finals. Okay, and frankly, you're supposed to be winning. Okay, like all the, all the pressure is on the other team. None of it is ever on the Hawks, okay? Because no one has ex expects them to be there. They're just, everything is house money. And so, you know, as, as you've seen with Barkley has explained this so many times, right? As the games get later and they're still close and it's tighter, okay? The Hawks can continue to play loose because no one expects them to be anywhere. It will be the Bucks where they're going to be the ones that are going to have to fight. Hey, we're getting tight. You know what I mean? Like, we should be winning this. Why aren't we winning this? Why have we not put this away? Now there's pressure on us to put it away. Like, they're going to be the ones with the clenched buttholes, not the Hawks. The Hawks can just go out there and ball, which is what they've been doing. So, I personally think it's... No, 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 no. Like, I, and it I, makes... It, you get it, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you, honestly. Um, and not only that, but just Nate McMillan has proven that he's just a better coach adjustments everything than Budenholzer. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong. I'm not a fan of Budenholzer, and I've made that clear. 
Yeah. Both in off camera, off camera, like, off camera, like, you off did camera mention, and on camera. Off camera, you did mention, uh, you know, we should he, he should basically be switched up for Carlisle. Unfortunately, Carlisle is back. That in, did not happen. Uh, no, but no, you no. know, definitely, if he loses this series, bro, he he out, he out. Um, it's it's pretty cool thing to to say, like if they were to go to the finals, back to back years, you have the five seed going to the NBA finals. That's, that's a pretty interesting thing. I think that like, you know, like it's, it's been back-to-back years where the East has had a team with house money going and uh, kind of becoming budding stars overnight. So it was pretty cool. Rob has been dope, man. It's been dope chopping it up with you. Um, uh, hopefully KD sends more gems to Scotty Pippen his way. Um, <laughs> or, or maybe, you know, Kwame Brown comes out of, comes out of his retirement of ranting. And then he just like goes off on people one more again, but before long, it's hot as hell. Go cool off. I'm gonna cool off myself, man. Be easy, bro. Uh, peace, peace.